football show i am your host tobias brown and folks we have got a great episode for you guys today we got a jammed packed interview i'm gonna let my guest introduce himself because folks we have got a treat for you guys today what's up guys uh my name is kevin ventura cortez i am a hybrid tight end slash wide receiver just finished my last collegiate season at concordia st paul which is located in minnesota but i'm originally a california native so kevin you know i i gotta ask you you how do you get from cali to minnesota obviously the weather has to be a little bit of a culture shock for you so how'd you find your way to minnesota oh man my journey has been i mean it's just been a journey honestly it's i went from community college and then i went to the d1 ball i played a little bit of fcs football in texas um and somehow i ended up in minnesota playing a little bit of d2 ball but throughout the whole journey i'm just grateful for it because of the the ability to meet new people, meet new coaches, meet new teammates. And at the end of it all, I ended up in Minnesota and I'm not looking back from it. It's just been an honor and a blessing for me. And I'm, I'm just happy where I'm at. Most definitely. And, you know, people are going to say, well, you went from Juco down to, you know, up to D1, down to D2. You had to have seen some guys at that level. I mean, you had to have played with and against some spectacular athletes. Could you maybe shed some light on maybe some guys you either played against or with that, we, if we don't know about them, we need to know about them. Right. So, I mean, I can go all the way back from community college. I played with a guy named Ramondre Stevenson, Oklahoma running back, who's now with the Patriots as a rookie. He made his mark, but I was actually his lead blocker back in uh, Duco at Cerritos College. And guys like DJ Reed, who played at Kent State and now has been all over the place in the league. Um, so my, my school has gotten guys to the D1 level and the NFL level. Um, at the D1 FCS level, I played with guys like Tracy James, running back. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's one of the top running backs that came out a couple of years ago. Um, but the biggest shock that I a lot of people don't know or maybe are not aware of is here at Concordia uh, University, St. Paul. I played with a man named Chris Garrett, who just got drafted this last season. Phenomenal, outstanding Division II athlete, All-American, uh, who who foregone his last season just to get into the league. And uh, he made his mark with the LA Rams. So I uh, called that guy one of my best friends and a brother for life. And I'm just, like I said, I'm honored. Uh, throughout the whole journey, I've come across people that you would never suspect uh, their success. So everybody's success is a little different. Most definitely. And, you know, I think that kind of breaks the stereotype that you have to go power five to succeed. I mean, guys like Ramondre Stevenson didn't start power five. If I always tell people, and we say it a lot on this show, if you're good, they'll find you. And today's exactly. technology, it's not hard to find talent. If you're out there, they'll find you. I want to talk about your talent. You are, I mean, the size just pops right away. 6'6", 240. You talked about being a lead blocker. You did a lot of run blocking in college. Not as many pass catching opportunities because of the offense you run. But can you speak to your talent specifically now that you're looking to move on to the next level? Right. I think one of my hidden talents or a talent that I've always been uh, pretty aggressive in is my route running ability and being to create space and not just as an attached tight end, but as a hybrid tight end who can be flexed out wide, who can be isolated out wide, who can be a, the point man in the trips formation, who can be the wing back or can even be in the backfield. And that's been a piece or that's just been the story of my whole career. I just been a, a chess piece for every scheme or every team uh, team's offense who were looking to create mismatches. And that's where I really shine was 
mismatching, not just in the pass game, but also in the run game. I was basically that lead blocker. And as you mentioned, uh, um, the offense that I was in, uh, my strengths and weaknesses were used to my advantage. Um, unfortunately, the offense didn't highlight me as much as I would like to and didn't produce the volume that I would like to. But you wouldn't be shocked because when I was in high school, uh, my first varsity year, I ran a wing T offense as well. And I was a defensive MVP uh, out of high school and looking to play defense. But somehow, you know, God had it written that I was going to play tight end. I'm going to be a lead blocker and I was going to just continue uh, building tools in my toolbox. And I mean, at 6'6", 240, you could really, I mean, all over as far as position versatility. I mean, you look at the NFL now, some of the best tight ends, you know, whether it be athletic guys like a Noah Fant out in Seattle now, you know, I watching some of your film, watching some of your game film and hearing your route running, I liken a lot of what you can do to a guy like a TJ Hawkinson in Detroit, an elite route runner who can also inline block. Can you talk right. about maybe, you know, guys you watch film on, who do you try and mold your game after if there is anybody? Right. So I think for me, I like to take bits and pieces of people. I don't necessarily like to play the compare game or necessarily try to model a, a specific player, a specific player's game because we're all unique in our own ways. But I do like to take some of their techniques um, that I watch. So some guys that I like to really look at are well-rounded athletes like George Kittle, who is a uh, phenomenal in the run game. But as you can tell, I mean, he's going to be one of the best tight ends running in history in the past game. Um, but even guys to Darren Waller, who started off as a special teams wide receiver and, and made his way to make an impact in the league, even guys to Travis Kelsey and Tyler Conklin, you know, I'm, I like to look at every piece of tight ends that can make me better and just make make me uh, hide in my levels a little more and make sure I'm up to that standard. Um, but yes, I mean, I just take piece and, bits and pieces with everybody, even some college athletes, some top college athletes coming out. Or if I see somebody on film that I'm going up against, I like to just study and see what's their strengths or what their weaknesses and what are mine. Most definitely, you talked about film, you know, for, you know, young high school guys, and even just the average fan, we don't all know how to watch film. Can you talk about as an athlete at your caliber, as somebody prepping for the next level of pro opportunity, what goes into film watching from your standpoint? Right. So it starts off with the coaches uh, breaking down game plans. Um, they, they do a lot. They do a lot behind the scenes that people may not be aware of. They break down um, key players, keep schemes. Uh, so every, every week we go into a new game, we have a new uh, scheme written up, whether it be uh, pass game heavy or run game heavy, or even defensive schemes that we're going to go into the week. Um, but once they have broken that down, we get uh, these player manuals and we're able to do our, basically like we're recruiting the other team and we're looking at what key takeaways and we look at um, stats, what are their weaknesses, what are their strengths, where are we going to attack? So it's just a lot going into not just uh, watching film, but uh, making sure we know who we're lining up against and where are we going to really uh, find that sweet spot that I was talking about. Most definitely. And, you know, we're getting ready for the draft. You're getting ready for pro opportunities that are going to be coming your way. There's all these all-star bowl games. People know about the Senior Bowl or, you know, the East-West Shrine Bowl. Can you speak to some opportunities maybe you have had since your career at the college level has ended, preparing for your pro career now? Yeah, I had a couple bowl game invites. I had from FCS bowl invites to podium bowl invite. I had a CGS invite. Uh, I was looking to possibly get into hula bowls and that East Shrine uh, bowl game, but because I come from a small school and my production level wasn't there. It was just that question mark for me that 
they didn't pull the trigger on, which was totally understandable. Um, but I ended up just doing a CGS bowl game um, where it was hosted in Texas and a lot of small school kids um, had, there was two CGS bowl games, so one for small schools and one for the power five kids. Um, but I think that experience for me kind of put a lot of us um, on the map, it kind of provided that exposure and just, it was just an honor to have people who thought about us and considered us and allowed us for another opportunity to play against or in front of other scouts, um, playing against people that we might've gone against in our leagues, but, you know, it was a phenomenal experience and I, and I recommend that if anybody gets any kind of bowl games after college and you're looking for exposure, just, just take it. You just never know who's, who's watching. And I had a couple uh, scouts and a couple, you know, different sports like rugby hit me up after the bowl game. So you just never know who's watching. And even on that note, I had a WWE trial just this last week, believe it or not. And those were guys that were connected with CGS. And man, that was an experience that I would never forget. So like I said, you never know who's watching. You never know when your opportunity is going to come up. So you just always got to be on your game. WWE invite. I didn't know I was talking to baby Gronk today. So <laughs> they, they call me Chico Suave. So, <laughs> Hey, I mean, what I always tell people, if you can do anything at the next level, I mean, I don't care what it is. Can you talk about, you talked about the opportunity to talk to some scouts, you know, right. a lot of us, the only scout we ever talked to was when we played Madden career mode. So <laughs> can you talk about what, what that's like, just being able to live out the childhood dream of having even the opportunity to speak to a scout and potentially play at the next level. I think it's just the representation and it's a symbol of all your hard work. And it's just uh, that token, that reward that you finally get that all the adversity you've been through, all the obstacles, the challenges, the highlights, the highs, the lows, the team wins, the team losses it all just comes together in one, in one conversation with the scout who may or may not be willing to pull the trigger, but at least you get that opportunity to be presented in front of a scout. And that's like the same aspect with the pro day. Like not many people get to have a pro day. Not many people, if they make it to the college level at that, it's just a small percentage of athletes. And now to make it to even a pro day, it's that much smaller. And then to be presented in front of scouts, even smaller. So the margin just keeps getting smaller and smaller. So it's just an honor and it's a truly, truly a blessing. Most definitely. And you talked about the pro day. We all watch the combine and, you know, we hear about 40 time and the bench press. And, you know, a lot of us feel like we could have done that in another life. And in our right. current state, you know, the best we're running is about a seven flat. Could you give <laughs> us maybe an idea of some of the numbers you put up at your pro day and how they correlate and translate into what we see on film from you? Right. So I think the biggest thing or key takeaway for me was, I had only two months preparation for this pro day that I was, you know, late in the game for it. But I think every test that I took, it really significantly improved. And that just made me optimistic knowing that if I had more time, I would only have gotten better. And that's the same thing with my game that I'm not at my peak, that I'm only going to continue to get better under the right people under my corner, the right coaches and the right systems. But I say the biggest uh, numbers that I truly put up was, I think I put like a 7.4 slash 7.5 on the Eldro, which is my route running ability, able to come in and out of the corners and, and uh, same with the three cone shuttle. So I think it's all people have their strengths and their weaknesses. But I think for me, where I truly was able to shine and highlight was actually at the end of it, where we were able to run position work and run my routes and have that be my strength and really have my presence felt. Most definitely. And you talk about route running, you know, we all know wide receiver routes, you know, we had an interview previously with a wide receiver coach from Marietta College, and he talked about the route tree. 
But people right. don't understand tight ends also have a route tree. Tight ends also have several different routes that you guys are expected not only to be able to inline block, but also run similar routes to a wide receiver. Can you speak on some routes that maybe you run that you feel could be a added bonus to a professional team at the next level? Right. And I think that's where the play action comes in to play i think if you're able to highly or execute the run game and blocking at a high level that's only going to make your job easier as a tight end you're going to be able to create that space where defenses are going to have to respect you you will command the respect for them to play the run game first for you to get open into the pass game later so that's something my coaches always you know were instilling on us it took me a while to really hone into that and learn that the hard way but i feel like as a tight end if you learn how to block the pass game is just going to come that much easier and natural to you. But I mean, with it, whether it be a stick route, an over route, um, a dig route, all those come into play because you are now a piece that can be put in line as a wing tight end, as a flex wide receiver. So anywhere you're at, people are going to have to respect the run game first and then the pass game. So I think any route you have, you're just going to have it that much more of an advantage if you can execute both games. Most definitely. We, you know, on this show, we like to educate people about the different levels of college football. Everybody turns on on Saturday. We turn on ESPN and we watch Power Five football. You mm -hmm. talked about starting your career, though, at the community college level. And there's been more light shed on that with, you know, things like Last Chance You on Netflix. Right. But can you speak about your junior college experience and maybe educate some of us on what it truly takes to play at that junior college level? Right. I think at the community college level, you're getting diversity. You're just getting people from all over places with different backstories, whether, you know, maybe a kid didn't have grades, maybe a kid flunked out to her, maybe a kid had a, a division one offer, but bounced back or a kid like me who didn't have no offers, but wanted to continue playing. You go to the Juco level and it's, it's a dog fight. It's like last chance you see it's word for word. It's a dog fight because everybody's looking for the same thing. You want to make it out the mud. You want to make it out the grind. And it's basically like that much of a pedestal. It's your last chance to truly make it because the other schools didn't give you a chance at a high school. Now you got to show that you can be put into a system out of the community college and play right away. You have that expectation. You already use some of your eligibility to go into the next level and be instilled right, right there, right in the moment you step foot on campus. And to be honest, I think uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing because you know, so many guys have a story like Ramondre. He didn't play his first year as much, but he ended up blowing up the league the second week. It was freaking crazy. So you just never know guys you're going to meet, guys you're going to go up against. And I think it's just accumulation of, like, just all-stars, to be honest. There's so much talent on every roster, and everybody's fighting for reps. Everybody's fighting for a starting position. And if you were able to really hone in that, you take that route, it's nothing to, you know, be looking down upon. It's something to really just say, this is for me. And this is what it's made me. So I think it's a humbling experience. And it, I mean, watching, you know, last chance you obviously it's televised. So they're going to ham it up a little bit. But one thing I noticed specifically with California, you know, community college, you guys aren't getting full ride scholarships at a community college out there. That is truly the love of the game. And we talk a lot about D3 football on this show and how it's the love of the game. But that community college grind out in California I mean, can you educate us on that? Because I don't think us people in the Midwest understand what that is truly like. Right. All I got to say, if there were scholarships for the community college level in California, everybody would be mobbing over there right away. <laughs> you know what I mean? But 
there was rosters that were full of out-of-state kids, and it was just that. That's just comes to show you how how passionate kids are to really having a second chance and how much they really do love the game. Um, in California, there was kids who lived in an apartment complex within like 10 people in one apartment and you just never know and sleeping on the floor, sleeping on couches. Like, thankfully I was a California native. So I had, you know, I had a place to stay and commute, but other kids who weren't as fortunate or lucky, they had to, you know, get the nine to five jobs, go to school, go to the community college level and still go home to like 10 other guys. So you just don't get your own space there. And it's, like I said, it's a grind and you want to make it out the mud and you got to go do what you got to do. And that's, I mean, your story, just your career is one of perseverance of, you know, look, looking at your high school, like you said, you're in a wing tee. There's the, as a pass catcher, there's no opportunities in a wing tee. You know, you were a basketball player, a track athlete, you know, you did whatever it took to get to the next level. Can you shed some light on, you know, now you've gone through your pro day, you've done your workouts. What are you doing now to stay ready for the next call? And what does that next call look like for you? Right. So at the moment, um, I'm still working out. I'm still training um, with my trainers and getting my body right. But I think now it's more of a mental game. I think uh, people don't really uh, hone in that and don't really take that into consideration. You know, if you don't have a strong mental game, as strong as your physical game, then I think you're at a disadvantage because you're, you're going up against guys who are looking for the same opportunities. You're going up against guys who are who went through the same, if not worse, story than you and they want it just as bad so if you can hone in to be positive and manifest something like this um that's what i'm trying to work on is you know being patient waiting for my call waiting for the next thing up and being able to be dedicated and devoted to you know eating training my mind making sure i'm reading book making sure i'm doing things that don't take away my energy or drain me from you know what i want to do um but the next call for me looking like is just being patient and hopefully you know god hearing my prayers and having my agent work some magic for me and i'm looking for that next opportunity you know, um, it's just a matter of the waiting game and hopefully someone and someone out there, like I said, like the CGS, you never know who's watching. If someone who saw me was willing to take a chance on me, if they, they have nothing to lose and they're going to get a player who's invested in himself and invested in whatever team he gets picked up on. And that's, the, you know, just talking to you, reading your story, learning about you, it's passion. It's just straight passion. And I want to, you know, on this show, we really like to educate high school athletes. We really want kids to see that, you know, not only is there opportunities outside of D1, but there's also opportunities outside of football. So I want to shift gears a little bit and give you an opportunity to kind of educate some of the younger, you know, younger kids who are playing the game. And I want to first ask, you know, if you could talk to a kid who he's coming out of high school, maybe a similar situation to yourself. He didn't get the offers he thought he would. Maybe he didn't get any offers. What would you tell that kid, you know, just about that situation. Just about that situation is don't get discouraged, you know, follow, truly follow your heart and follow your gut. If this is something you are passionate about and you want to be devoted, then go find the resources, go find somebody who is knowledgeable, go find or talk to the right people who will get you in the right direction. If you want, if you're truly committed to this and, you know, say you're in my similar position, a community, local community college is never a bad thing. Or even if you want to do a walk-on opportunity, there are a handful of kids who have walked on to schools and have long careers in the NFL or have had long collegiate careers and end up getting scholarships. So you just never know what can happen. If you truly are passionate about it and you're willing to take that leap of faith, follow your heart and go do it. Like you have nothing to lose. 
And you, and you just never know where you may find yourself. And that's the thing. I mean, I think if you would have looked at yourself coming out of high school, like you said, there was no offers. To now fast forward, and you talked about, you played in an all-star game. You're having conversations with scouts. You're having a WWE tryout. I mean, right. I mean that's, that is the ultimate just work hard and you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, we always end every interview with this question. And I, I would be a fool if I didn't ask you. You can give advice to any high schooler right now, you know, whether it be about life as with a football career or even life after football. What advice are you giving to that high school kid? I would say tap into who you are, to truly who you are. I was a kid who was bullied my whole my whole life up into high school. I was a kid who never fit in. I was a kid who was always picked on, a kid who was never the most athletic kid in the room. I wasn't the fastest. I wasn't the strongest. I wasn't even the biggest, believe it or not, as my stature. Um, but if you find yourself to be one of those kids, if, or if you're on the other side of the spectrum, you know, make sure you tap into who you are, be inclusive of other people and support people's dreams. But most of all, follow yours. Like if football is your dream and it's your passion, follow your heart and keep working hard. You just never know what can happen. Never be discouraged, never give up and let God take care of it for you. He's, he has your story. He has your prophecy already written. And all you got to do is take that leap of faith. Like I said, and, and find the right people, find the right, um, you know, routine. You got to do wake up early, make sure you're eating your calories, make sure you're eating your proteins, make sure you're in the weight room, make sure you're early, never be late. Don't be that guy who's selfish. Don't be that guy who's, you know, wishing and wanting, but doing the wrong things. You know, you know what you got to do, you know, what's right and just do it, just go do it and put together a good highlight tape and, and make sure you, uh, you have your family along your side and your coaches to believe in you. And, you know, the sky's the limit from there. And that's, I mean, you are living proof of that, you know, whatever you want, go get it. You know, Kevin, I, I thank you for coming on. I thank you for giving us your time. We look forward to whether it's in a WWE ring, on a rugby field, wherever it is, man, I know you're going to do big things. I want to give you an opportunity before we let you go. You, this is your last message. You know, what would be your last message to pro scouts? If you could tell them one last thing, what would they get if they take a shot on you? They're taking a chess piece. They're taking a versatile hybrid uh, playmaking uh, individual who can not only be put into offensive schemes, but a special teams, a guy who's willing to put his body on the line and be that big piece uh, lead blocker or go make big plays in the past game. If not, just be a role player, whatever is needed for me. I have not reached my full potential or my peak, and I know I can only get better within time. And, you know, I, 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 uh, I age like fine wine, I guess this is what I'm trying to say. You just never know. And, you know, you're getting a guy who's committed and who has, you know, beat the odds, who has beat the small school odds. I come from a Hispanic, uh, you know, minority background. I was the oldest of four with a single mom. So, you know, I've been bullied, I've been picked on, and I'm just here to go. And this is not a soft story. You just know you're getting a guy who's out there to, who's hungry, who's ready to win some games and, and make sure we go to the Super Bowl. So, you know, you're getting a mismatched playmaker and I'm ready to go check many other people. So let's go get this money. Let's go get this dub and let's go get that ring. Most definitely. And Kevin, we know you're going to get a ring and whatever you do, man, we thank you for coming on today, folks. That's all we got for you guys today. Like I always tell you guys, rate, subscribe, review to the podcast. But until next time, folks, we'll see you later. Have a good one.